Hey, you guys see that naked unicorn over there? Ow, I'm so naked. Welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast, hosted by Jason Sorotin. Hello and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin, and today... Oh, Jesus, I hit the mic. Today I'm joined by my friend and co-worker, Sebastian Chamaka. Sebastian, how are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. And uh, we call Sebastian Seb, so if you hear me say Seb, you'll know that I'm just calling him by his ECG name. Yes, um, or Sebi. I get confused yeah, with Sebi oh, yeah. a lot. I, I like Sebi, but it feels um, super childish, so I feel weird calling it to you. It feels like I'm calling you a teddy bear. That's fair. I've. It's funny because I've kind of felt that way about that nickname before, but at this point, it's almost cute. Like I'm one it of the is. younger people in the company anyway, so it, I it don't, works I for you. It's a good nickname for you, for you, for sure. I do have a baby face too. So that helps. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. So the reason I wanted to chat with you is uh, we just released our wet new website and mm-hmm. we just that's released, great, by the way, it's so awesome. I'm so happy with it. Um, and we just released our new demo reel, which is, I, I am just so pleased with it. And you are the master behind it. You put it together and I thought it would be cool to kind of dive behind Jesus, <laughs> keep hitting my mic. Hold on. Too much expressive. We'll keep, in this. we keep it real. So we keep it trill. Um, so I, <clears throat> I want people to to kind of get a behind the scenes look of like how you put it together, what steps we took. Um, because I think a lot of people struggle with putting their demo reels together, and they don't think about you know moving it along, and and they show the same clip every single time. So you know, let's start out with you know first of all, you volunteered to take the project on. So mm-hmm. let's talk about why you wanted to do it and how it came about. For me, reels have always been kind of a touchy subject because uh, even when I was in school, I would hear people saying like, your reel is not that important, but also it might be the most important thing that you're going to put out. So it like it has to be a very specific format and like you have to do it this way for people to like even look at it or, or care for it. But when we started talking about revamping the website and giving ECG like a fresh new look of sorts, I figured starting with the reel was a good spot because to me, a reel for a video production company anyway is a good way to to show everything we've done. But I think that a lot of people just like stay there and they don't really explore how to present the stuff that they do. So they just slap a bunch of clips to music and it's like, oh, you know, the shots are cool. The music is energetic so it's like people are going to be into that but i yeah. think that as as entertainers and as creators and and as artists it's kind of a responsibility to make people's times worth it with whatever piece of content it is that we make and i think that a reel is it's pretty self-serving obviously like it's it's a showcase of, of what you want to do but i think it's a great opportunity to give people an experience and more importantly, the kind of experience that you're trying to sell them. Because I've seen not many, but the couple of reels that I've seen that like blow my mind are always the ones that don't really communicate necessarily what the work is in and of itself, but rather how it feels and how yes. it looks and how it makes me feel. And I think that that's by far the most important part because at the end of the day, that's essentially what's going to make the video work or not. Obviously, it has to look good and, you know, there has to be some, some level of cool to it. But at the end of the day, I think that the most important part is that it, it 
transmits the mood that you're you're trying to um to sell as as a as a craftsman basically yeah and we spoke about this a lot wanting to make it feel like a journey and mm-hmm. to have different acts and it is so clear to me in this cut the different stages and it keeps you in and the way that the music ties together and i've thought about this often you have a music background um, I've done music. I think editors who work in trailers and promos who mm-hmm. have music video experience or music experience are especially skilled for these types of promos because the music is the driver of the emotion. Can you mm-hmm. kind of take us through your thought process around the sounds and, and how you were building upon it? I would love to because that's basically how I started the video in the first place. Perfect. Um, Let's talk about I- that. I remember telling you when I brought it up that I wanted to to make it different. And in my head, the way to do that was always by sounds. Because like you said, I have a background on sound. The point of sound is that it brings shit to life. Like You're, you're seeing pictures on a screen that's two-dimensional. And the only real way to get the full impact out of uh, imagery is to have a sound that accompanies it. Because that's what our bodies react to. So... When it, came to, when it came to the music, I knew right away that I didn't want to start with a licensed song, which is what a lot of companies do. I think it's a good way of putting like a touch of, like, I guess, officiality or, or making it more, more legit. But at the same time, I found that a lot of them just leave the whole song play all the way through. I'm not sure if it has to do with licensing issues or something like that. But they didn't. Isn't... Most people aren't licensing that, though. So it, it's and eventually they'll get a cease and desist. But yeah, I feel that like. that would be that'd be really funny. I'd be interested to see that. But I, I think that to accommodate for all of the all of the different parts that I wanted to put in there, having like a known song with lyrics and stuff like that would would have just been distracting. That, that's another thing about songs like that. I think they're cool and it looks legit, but up to a certain point, you're you stop paying attention to the clips and it's like it sounds like a music video which I feel like defeats the purpose of the whole thing. So with the music and and with what you were saying with like wanting to make it a journey, since we do such a wide array of different content and shit like that, I want it to feel like that. Because I feel like the moment you walk at ECG and and we walk you through the studio and everything, when we present all the departments that we have, it's almost like, it feels like that. It's like, yeah, we make cool videos. But also like more specifically, this is how these videos that we make for these people are cool. And then these videos that are for something else entirely, but they're also as effective, right? After going back and forth and like trying a million different tracks, I settled on those three, I think, that are in the final cut. And in my head, it was almost like, all right, start intro, grandiose, like, boom. And then it's hip-hop, like, underground, like, cool, like, you know, we're in there with a the culture type thing. And then it's, like, bam, events. And then everything else from there, like, it kind of blows up. Uh, yeah, it's cool. And I remember, like, we had a lot of back and forth about what was going to go on each part because there's a lot of things that we do and, and picking and choosing the clips and how they were going to tie in together and, like, flow into each other was probably the biggest challenge of the edit but and the pure volume and the pure volume of Uh footage available 12 years of footage obviously we didn't go back to 12 years but we 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 do a lot of videos every year so it it, oh no it was it was a learning experience and just how much ecg does to be honest just like rummaging through everything (laughs) um you know what's funny and i haven't talked to you about this yet but you know there's so many tracks out there in the world you and I, so I used that same opening track at the start of a demo reel I cut last year. How weird is that? 
No shit. I'll send it to you. Yeah, for a drone operator, I was doing a favor for. Nice. I used the same exact opening track. Mine um, sync like. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, to, let's talk about how did you build the story? Because you know what was cool about this piece is we we wanted to include um, diegetic audio from the scenes. And so mm-hmm. how did you go about selecting the clips and, and, and putting together the narrative of the demo? It was kind of twofold because uh, I think like a lot of edits I do, I think I started this one with just the sound. Like I just pick the tracks, lay them in, set them up more or less where I wanted them to kind of like set up the structure of the video. And then I was like, all right, I got all these clips. Let me see how I can fit them in. It was a combination of like just going through stuff, making lots of lists, going through all uh, of our content reels and stuff like that. Basically, it was going through a bunch of stuff, grouping together the stuff that I thought would uh, go well together and also kind of how it uh, flows into each other. Kind of like a DJ set almost where like, you know, the, the overlaps in some songs, it's like, it's kind of weird, but it works yep. sort of thing. That, that's kind of how I thought about it. And then once everything was in place, I started not once everything was in place, because I didn't like lock it and then do the sound. I was doing the sound design as I was going. Interesting. It's interesting that you that you did it that way. Like that is to me, I used to edit that way when I was young because it is it's so much more time intensive and it locks you in more to the to the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, did oh, you like find cutting that? and putting the sounds? Yeah, in, when in you get time? it all together, you're like way more locked in. And like, if, if, if notes come in, does that make it f- more frustrating? Like when we were going through the notes process? But that's the thing for me though. Like for me, I don't, I don't even think about it as a separate part of the process. For me, this whole thing was really just, just one big, big block together. And that's why I started putting the sounds in like provisionary before I even threw it into Pro Tools to do a full mix and do a full sound design. It was almost like the clips were talking and the music is the dialogue. Yes. And so you couldn't cut it without it. Exactly. That is that is exactly it. Like I, I wanted I wanted to basically feel that way. Kind of like many docs when they do montages and shit like that, they'll throw like a quote in there and a quote in there and it's like it, it, it paints a a picture like very quickly, very briefly. And I feel like the sound bites that, that I picked kind of help that too. They kind of like build this kind of like little world of of stuff that we do and and all of these characters within it. Obviously we know that those are like people that we work with and stuff like that but that's that's kind of how it makes it feel in my head this was almost like my way of 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 creating like the mega trailer for the ecg like extended universe yeah of sorts and we we've always tried to take a uh, a spin on reels our last reel had uh the guy uh the parkour guy um who played mm-hmm. spider-man in the last spider-man um this one just feels so good and i'm just so happy with it um can you take us through the process of you know, when did you start showing it to us? How many revisions did you go through? What what was the process like? So I remember, I, th- I think I just like randomly brought it up on a Monday meeting because I'd been I'd been thinking about it and I watched a couple of reels uh, that had me like with my jaw on the floor, and that's when we were like heavily started talking into the website and the rebrand and the something big is coming. It's always been in the back of my head because I remember when we started interning and we took over the Instagram, like I would look at the reels and it's like, all right, one day. And I remember at the time uh, somebody else was editing the, the, the master reel and nothing really led to that. But when it came to that point, I was like, all right, we're about to revamp our whole image. And I feel like our show reel is due for a change. So I 
I have ideas, so I might as well just throw my hat or my name in the hat. And uh, critical people, I think that that you know, I hate that. Go out and do it. You can do anything if you you know if you put your mind to it. No action. Seb said he <laughs> wanted to do it. He brought it up. He ran with it. He pushed his agenda, and then he made it. Now he's got this amazing piece that not only helps the business, but it he's got it forever. Like that's his. And I know that like no, things no. that I cut 15 years ago, I go back and look at, and I, I just love them. They're like little pieces of art and memories. I, I just, editing is, is an escape and an art, and it's just so beautiful when it, when it comes together. You feel it, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I think when you talk about feeling it, it can be two frames, right? You can feel the difference like between yep. how something feels. Uh, but I digress. Go, go back to, so, so you get, where were you at in the story again? Oh, uh, I just brought it up in a meeting and, yep. and then I proceeded to freak the fuck out because I was like, oh my God, we have so, so much material and so much of it is really cool. I'm attached to a lot of it because a lot of it I shot. So I don't like, I, I just started thinking of all the racist wives. It's like, damn, it's going to be really hard. But eventually I was like, all right, just every time I'm blocked with an edit, I just, I just go to the sound. I just like, I'll start with the music. Or, or putting sounds in there. And also to answer your, to, to backtrack a little bit, sorry, I never answered your question, but I edit with a program that I, that's called MetaDigger that lets me look up keywords for sounds. And that way I don't have to like go through the entire library and like the files with the weird names and shit. Like I just know where all of our sounds are because I have a whoa, program whoa, whoa. where I type in a keyword and they just all pop up. Sounds or, or like clips, like from the video, like sound bites from the video. So when I was editing the video, for instance, I had the, like I had my timeline and I had it pulled up and then I had Meta Digger, which is this program that's free, by the way, you can go download it. And what it does, it, it creates uh, a catalog of whatever kind of file system you, you want to give it. It mostly deals with sound. So I always throw it sound. So I put the sound library that we have on the sand on that. And so now it knows all of the keywords that are put in the file descriptions on the metadata of the files that we have in our sound library. And that way I don't have to like pull up a PDF sheet that has a list of a thousand different things and then find the one that I want, then go look for it and then realize that it's not what I'm looking for. I literally and it's called like, MetaDigger? MetaDigger, yeah. You just go. Well, you know what? List. It was so nice of you to build a tutorial and throw it on the webpage where this lands. Thank you for doing that. Oh yeah, of course. Anytime. I love doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- let's go. I've actually been thinking about that because it's very, it's yeah, very useful for editors. Yeah, let's let's get let's get that up. I'd like to do a a, a podcast or a, a video cast about that, showing people how to use that because I've never heard of that, and I imagine it would save tons of time. Can you use it for like documentary, like testimonials and stuff? How does it? Is it? Is it transcribing the the words? How does it know? So. The way that sound libraries work is that somebody will make the library, name all the files, just like weird, short, abbreviated right. like combinations of letters and numbers that don't make any sense. But right. all, like of, sound the, all of the info, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like you have the H dot yes. dash zero one. CD well, number 42, num- track yeah, number 66. The way that they expect you to find those is that they send you a PDF with a list of all the sounds yes. and a catalog, right? So they also, what they do, what they actually do is on the files themselves, they embed the information of the description that they typed no in, shit. right? So whenever the sound designers are like, all right, this is an explosion. It sounds like 
cars, it has debris, so it has like this, this, and that, right? It right. could be used for this, this, and that. It doesn't. Why not name the sound the fucking sound name? Because, because say you have a pop, that can mean a thousand different things. So you don't know if it's a wine pop or some kind of bleep or something like that. Right, but like why that. not just so you call need, it like, wine pop? Because you could use it for other things too. You want it to, ah, you want gotcha. it to pop up, not just when it's, this is a bad example, but you want it to pop, pop up, not, not just when you're typing wine pop, but just pop or wine. Gotcha. gotcha you know what I mean? Gotcha. So on the description, like it's literally like putting a note inside of the file and you can type in all, all that you want. And that's what MetaDigger looks at. So when yeah. you look up keywords, it'll pull all the sounds that or all the files within that folder that you told it that have that in the description. So because you're building this timeline, right? And, and you're building it as you go where you're putting in the sound effects, you're putting in because it's all, you know, one piece. It's the dialogue of, of what we're doing. Um, at what phase do you have a cut that you're ready to share with us? After I brought it up initially, I think it took me at least a couple of weeks to give you something that I felt comfortable with you guys looking at. Because uh, I and I and what state was it in? T- tell us about what state that was in. So with this one, I I definitely proceeded with caution. I didn't want to like I knew that it was just gonna take little steps forward in order to get it to where it is. Because the first thing that I showed you is probably a third of an edit, and it was probably not past the head section. Because um, basically, what I was doing is like, all right, let me let me build the intro, which is something I do sometimes. Like when I'm stuck, in, I don't know what to start with a video. I'll just make the intro and I'll yep. make it cool, so then it had, the rest of the video has to live up to that. <laughs> right. But yep. um, so so I put together the intro, and then in trying to figure out, I, I think the worst part about the wor- the the first cut is that I didn't know what to put add towards the second half of the reel at all like I, I i wasn't sure how to piece it together and i wasn't sure i don't know if i had picked the song at this point but the first cut i showed you guys was definitely really really rough um what i did do though and i think that this was crucial in, in cleaning your process. mic <laughs> now, yeah i was just like screaming was a lot but something i think was crucial was showing you the first cut and putting sounds on it and, and just basically doing like a rough version of what the final product would be. Cause it was really important to me that you guys felt not just the edit and how the clips go into each other with the song. Cause that's, again, that's super easy to do. I want, I wanted you to feel it. I wanted you to, to know that this thing was going to stick out of the screen, not just be on it. So I think the first cut is like, if this is the whole edit, this is like the first cut. That was yeah. <laughs> it. Um, but it was, it was not that different from what it is right now in terms of composition. I changed some of the clips around, stuff like that. But the actual uh, like arrangement in general is about the same. So that... Yeah. Our, our biggest challenge was order of clips and what we're showing, right? We yep. wanted to be able to make sure that not only did we show an- just animation, but that mm-hmm. we showed the exact different types of animation that we do from 2d comic book style to 3d photorealistic that's a it's a broad spectrum so it was about and thinking through the clips and seb doesn't have the mm-hmm. you know 14 years of, of backlog uh, memory about all the projects we've done so if we needed a very particular thing you know i also remember being really stressed about the fact that you were like when i brought it up one of the first things you said was that it can't be long 
And yeah. I immediately agree with you because the first thing that came to mind was all those boring ass reels that are like three yeah. minutes long. And it's like, why? Yeah. Um, How long is ours? Ours is a minute and 40 seconds. But okay, I like yeah. to think it feels a lot shorter than that. It do, That's to me. That's when people are always like, well, how, how long is it going to be? Who gives a shit how long your video is going to be? How does it feel? Right? It all comes back to feeling. Does it feel long? Then it's long. If it feels short, it's short. It's all relative to your experience. And it's really important to think about when you're cutting. I love, I think the best way for me is if I like something and I'm ready to show it, to get people who have never seen it, don't know anything about the project, know nothing, strangers who walk through the office, when they watch it, you can feel the parts that suck so clearly because you're mm. feeding off their energy and how they're reacting to it. Yeah, I feel it. So Interesting. It, I, it's a very, it's a, you, it, is the, it is the best way to really get feedback without asking coworkers and stuff because if you're an emotionally intelligent person and you're watching someone watch your work, you can tell when something is working and not working. If you For don't have sure. a giant ego and you're open to it. I think no, I, whenever I show somebody something, I completely put my mind away from what it is that I'm showing and I just like pay attention to them <laughs> and how they react. It's, it's, the, it's the only way that you can get a true answer of, of what someone thinks, especially if they're a friend, right? They don't mm. want to hurt your feelings, but you know, I'm like, fuck that. Rip me open. Tell me, tell me how bad it sucks. Hell Otherwise, yeah. it's never going to be great. Even if, but you know, and sometimes people are wrong. They'll have a wrong opinion, but you can take that wrong opinion and it might open up the door to something that could be better. So that feedback is, is, so, is so valuable. And I, I, you know, for me, when I give feedback, I don't want to give feedback that's just me pissing on something to get my scent on it. I want to add feedback that's going to make the project better. If it doesn't need my feedback, I'm not going to add something. And I think that that's where a lot of, you know, creative managers fail hmm. is they try to get their stink on it when it was already good. Like your stinks on it. You're the manager of these people. So if it's great, <laughs> it's because of, of you. You helped facilitate all the things. <clears throat> I just think ego gets caught up in creative a lot and can destroy it because yeah, people just want to feel special. I think you do a really good job at shutting that shit down, especially with like, I, I love working at sets that you direct because you're very easy going in that sense. Like you're literally the opposite of dick swinging. <laughs> just like yeah. let's do things if you have a cooler idea let's go with that cool i mean i don't have all the cool ideas um if i did i i probably would be way more famous <laughs> <laughs> okay so did you take away any skills like where you're like oh shit because for me on every edit project it's like mm. that one thing where it was like oh shit I'm not going to do that thing again because it makes so much more sense to do it this way. Uh, I think biggest challenge was to just deal with the like set of conditions. I guess it's just like I, I threw I threw myself in there without thinking too much about it, which I think is the the right way to go about it. And then I like saw where I was and I was like I freaked out. Uh, but I think that's only because I was trying to do everything at once. And once I realized that I just had to take it like step by step and, and know that it, it was just going to take a bunch of, I think we did total probably six revisions uh, and not counting like many viewings that I had you or any of the other partners do to like adjustments, stuff like that. Uh, but it, 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 it just, it's just one of those projects. I think that it, it just takes that much to get it there. Yeah. It's, um, Editing requires 
lots of revisions <laughs> and, yeah. and effort. Um, it's just sometimes, sometimes you do a whole thing and then you look at it the next day and it's like, why the fuck did I do that? Yep. All the time. Seb, if, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can uh, hit you up? My email is good. It's Seb at ECG prod. And I'm also on Instagram at Seb V underscore UF. That's S E B V two V's V V underscore UF. And that's my Instagram. Awesome. Uh, Seb, thank you so much for your time today on behalf of ECG productions and the naked unicorn podcast. Uh, make sure you watch that uh, demo reel and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm so naked. <laughs>